Welcome to Mummy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids and nephews are definitely creepy. Daddy, why did you mention nephews? I've got nephews on the brain. Our kids are nephews and their cousins are nephews. We're here at Shay Aunt Monica's for a live, in-person interview with the only guest of the pod, Mummy's sister, Aunt Monica. Welcome. Welcome to you, Mummy and Daddy. I can't believe we're in the same place recording oh my, my favorite podcast. <laughs> it's very hard to believe, but we are here Welcome to us. You're right. Thank you for welcoming us into your home to record this in your fabulous game room. We are surrounded by a world-class collection of board games, card games, stratagem. What do we what else? What other descriptors am I missing from a from a gamer's collection? Lots of dice. Lots of dice. A big jar full of dice. Let's not forget this beautiful like felted table. Oh, yes. We have a custom game table. Yeah. Recessed felt. And there's uh, cup holders, or I guess it could be dice holders. It's the Dutches. Oh. No, the the dice holders over there. Oh. It's it's beautiful. We can only describe it in words. Uh, And here. Images can't do it this is probably going to sound better than our normal podcast do just by virtue of being on this soft top table absorbing our yells um this is so exciting i don't really have anything else to add to that that's it that's a wrap no we are so excited we are very excited to do a movie this week that is near well a story that is near and dear to our hearts and um it seems so obvious now. Like, why weren't we like, oh, obviously we're doing it from the brain Man, of I Stephen King. I just don't believe this. <laughs> from the brain of Stephen King, that wonderful madman. Uh, and uh, But the 2017 film, It. I think I might. We're sharing microphones today. I might just perch behind you like the married news team, Jan and Wayne Schuyler. <laughs> From Tim and Eric, and just do this so I can hop on mic at any moment. Uh, we're doing it. Uh, the movie, it, the podcast is also an article. Monica, Aunt Monica, tell us your um, history with this story. Your history. Your history. <laughs> well, I read this book entirely too young. I think that's the case for a lot of Stephen King fans. Go maybe, ahead. Maybe criminally young. Um, <laughs> I read this book for the first time when I was, I believe, 12. I was in mm. eighth, eighth grade, I think. So young, younger than your oldest, Lou. Oh, God. Younger than any of the children Ouch. in the book you're supposed to be nostalgic for. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I also read this probably because I think the miniseries, the Tim Curry miniseries, mm had just been released the same 
year. I had no idea it was that recent. In my mind, it was always just available at the local library. And so, and I've still never seen it because it was just always to mixed reviews. There's always people being like, well, it's not that good. And then people were like, it's like the scariest thing I've ever seen. And then for some reason that made me not watch it instead of watch it. But two VHS tapes always available at the local library. So I just assumed it was from like 1980. No, I think it's going to be 93 or 94. Yeah, it has to be because the story takes place in 1989. Right. The it. No, just the new one does. Oh, mm-hmm. it's in the 70s. 1990 is the answer. Oh. Oh. Okay. Maybe that's when it went where I could view. I, I just remember it feeling almost concurrent that those mm. that I read it and that was also available. And also, I think it was the scariest network TV could be. Right. Because it wasn't a theatrical release that's right it was released on network television abc i'm seeing now but that was why it was like well what's going to happen there's not going to be not going to be blood and scary bits so i just nixed it but in some ways because they couldn't do Mm. blood and other things they had to rely on building tension Mm -hmm. which um is better. I, I would say that a lot of times that is what in these scary movies gets you. Yeah, it's way better. Way better. It's hard to agree. Um, and I know you're a you're a rereader. So have you reread it how many times? <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> you no, haven't. I would say you, no. Yeah. I think a good estimate is five. Wow. So she knows her stuff. But not well, as much as The Stand, because I think I read The Stand. I was reading it like by, that's twice, I was reading it twice a year for a while. Wow. But I would say it is probably. Um, it's up there. It's up there, man. Wow. So very near and dear to my heart. Um, that- so I couldn't believe we're discussing this movie. I'm I so know, excited. I know. We saved it for just the right time, un- unwittingly, but we saved it. Um, and I'm always amazed how many movies we still have in, in on the list that are really exciting. So I'm glad we, we okay. got we I'm glad we saved this one. Um, so you're gonna be very helpful to us in talking about certain things that are different in the book to the movie. There's certain big things, but maybe you know more little things we don't know. Um, I have not seen chapter two, but you have. I have. Yeah. Yes. And you and you didn't like it as much, you said, right? So if it's okay for me to talk about sure, this. Sure, pre-review this thing. Now. Let's do it. <laughs> when I saw it chapter one, first of all, I really love it chapter one, like full disclosure. Right. I've I I really enjoyed watching it. I thought they really captured a lot from the book and the spirit of things. But the way that the book is t- is told and the way that the original it miniseries is told is an alternating viewpoint from the kids and the adults. Right. So you get a chapter of the kids, you get a chapter of the adults. And that's the way the miniseries was also pretty much told. So making it chapter one completely about the kids and then chapter it chapter two completely about the adults, I was nervous from the beginning that one of those storylines would greatly suffer. Right. And it turns out 
that's exactly what happened. And it chapter two, yeah, um, did not work for me uh, in the ways that it chapter one managed to to do it. Um, so that's all I have to say about that. But Bill Bill Hader was great. Yeah, in, cha- in chapter two, he's kind of like the perfect uh, older Richie. Yes, I- I'm psyched about that. You know who it, who he was in the miniseries? Um, he was the judge from Night Court. That's weird. The bald guy? Oh my no, gosh. no, 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 not that's no the judge. Not oh, no, the, yeah, that's what I, th- oh. I thought. Not, of, not bull. Bull. I thought of bull. Immediately, Josh. Our brains are we're yeah. too we're sitting too close together. That was a mind meld. Because I never watched Night Court. I just watched commercials <laughs> for it. How could you not watch Night Court? What were why you was, doing? <laughs> why was I watching Night Court? The more dad from Harry and the Hendersons, who's the judge of Night Court. Same guy, right? Is it? No. No. Okay, this okay. John Larroquette? No, it's not John Larroquette. <laughs> also would have been a great Richie, but I can picture the I can picture the judge from Night Court. I thought he was the dad from Harry and the Hendersons he, he, as well. He may be, but I, I yeah. guess I haven't watched Harry. Yeah. John Ritter is in the miniseries too? He is. Oh. He's great. R.I.P. Fellow Emerson alum. Um, Harry Anderson. Oh, oh, maybe that's why I think Harry and the Hendersons because his name's Harry Anderson. Okay, well... This is why you come for the pod. This is this is why you're here. Um, expert knowledge. <laughs> Mummy, what's your experience with the book? How many times you read it, and where did you last uh, leave it? Well, I think I've read it twice, um, but I also read it very young. I would have to like really search back, but I'm pretty sure I was like 13 or 14. I was reading it in a very scary place. I was on vacation with Dad. In South Carolina. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So just the two of you. Yeah, just me and dad. I'm not so, not South Carolina. West Virginia, which is a very creepy place. West Virginia is like land that like indigenous people didn't go on. Like it's messed up there. Um, we went down there to ride some trains. A cog railroad. The cog railroad, which was also creepy. But we were staying in this cabin which is not our family style at all and this was before airbnb and as people say verbo isn't that weird we say vrbo but now i see the commercials and it's verbo anyways before all that so um and i was reading it in this cabin i was scared shitless just like dad would come in and i'm like leave me alone i'm going to die now by myself um yeah so that was really fun um and i loved the book and i remember thinking how like dirty and crazy it is at the end and or you know whenever in time that part happens with the orgy which doesn't happen in chapter two no 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 oh that's Thanks. Because that to me was like, oh, there's all this scary stuff and it's so scary, but the orgy happens. <laughs> and that's hell yeah. <laughs> also crazy. Cut it out. <laughs> um well, I feel like we should recap this movie. Oh, okay. Or no, should we do you have anything else? Precursors. Do you want to uh about? thanks for asking. I read it once when I was twenty five years old. Oh, sorry, Josh. I knew you had I knew you uh had read it later in life. I'm sorry. That's good. I'm glad you knew. Were yeah. you were you scared by it? Uh, 
kind of sure i was i found it to be reading it as an adult i got the nostalgia of it like the um about how it's a coming of age story and it is about like reflecting on childhood and childhood fears and other things that like were certainly lost on all of my friends and family who read it as 10 year olds and all thousand pages of it. I don't know. I could never pick up a book that big. I still struggle with it today, but it was, uh, I loved it. It's my favorite that or the gunslinger, probably my two favorite Stephen King books that I've read. I, yeah, it's just, it's really like excellent. Did you read the shining though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not in your favorite. No, I loved that book. Mm. So it's a fun one. It's a long one, but it's a fun one. And now they've made these movies and we watched the first one. The only way to get it any shorter is to recap it though. Okay. I think we should have Monica read the recap. All right. Let's go from the top here. This one, the first one. I can't believe I get to read a recap. This is from... Ahmed Kozin. In the summer of 1989, a group of bullied kids band together to destroy a shape-shifting monster which disguises itself as a clown and preys on the children of Derry, their small main town. Cute rhyme. That's fun. Okay, so there is another one that I think might have some additional information. Other than that it's a main? That it's in Maine. So that that top one was the one that's like on the IMDb page, which I'm like, all right, okay. So it's like your basic info. Um, now let's go down to e- Ian FLC's recap. And you can read that one. Let's go a little deeper down the well. You know what I mean? After recent cases of disappearing local kids in the town of Derry, Maine, it follows a group of kids dubbed the Losers Club in the summer of 1989 and their discovery and scary encounters of a shape-shifting demonic entity known to return every 27 years and preys on your own personal fears. Yeah, so that's a, that's a bit more. Yeah, that pretty much does it. Um, and there is another one that, um, well, there's so many, including an entry from who we call Nickerginus, um, that's very long and goes through each characters like personality types good try you didn't make it nick um but yeah so that's pretty much what it is about i think is there anything you would add to that that's like a key part of this story yes it it occurs in maine <laughs> yes <laughs> it is in the the state of maine the fictional town of Derry. i definitely tried to find Derry, maine um on a map as a kid oh which, um, again, was required some more extra work than kids today just putting into Google Maps. Right. Like I had to get like an atlas. Um, <laughs> if only you had this guy to tell you. It's a fictional town. <laughs> um, but I would... out there with like a compass and pencil, like yeah. orienteering your way across a atlas about of Maine looking for every possible town. It's kind of crazy that there isn't a town named Derry in Maine. It's Derry, New Hampshire. Ah, there you go. There you go. The classic Stephen King trick is try to confuse readers between Maine and New Hampshire, as he did with the Richard uh, Bachman books. 
that was his bio is he's from new hampshire instead of from maine and he actually (laughs) confused people with that it's incredible everybody's like who is this guy is this new writer this is crazy a fresh voice in horror Okay, so yeah, that is the the broad strokes. Um, we 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 have some parenting issues to talk about with this movie. We do indeed, and we think now is the time to do so. Well, okay, so it's funny to me. I think that this movie is one big um, instance of. Where are the parents? I mean, it's kind of the whole, it's kind of a big theme in the movie. Not just where are the parents, but oh my God, these parents are the monsters. Parents are the monsters in the book. And so we had watched this movie when it came out, but on this viewing, I really enjoyed like paying more attention to the things that were there about the parents. There's obviously like the big ones, like, uh, Beverly's abusive father and um, Eddie's abusive mother, who's like um, the kind of the opposite of uh, Munchausen. She's giving him placebos. Either way, convincing him he's sick. So that, that is Munchausen in, in a way. Um, uh, abusive. And then like so many little instances of people just looking the other way. Like when Georgie gets taken, this woman could have stopped it. You see a kid by the sewer. Come on. Uh, who who wouldn't? On a stormy day, you at least ask the question, hey, what you doing down there? Yeah. So that was horrifying in a different way because I don't think I was paying attention to that. And I think maybe I just couldn't because I mean, this movie came out like uh, Wu was still very little. So um and with Bill's dad, I when did in this timeline, when did Georgie get abducted? Was it like the previous year, that year? We don't know. Previous year. Previous which one? So like sometime. I'm just I, recently. recently. Yes. Okay. So the fact that his dad yells at him, he's dead, give it up, is like also an insane uh, parenting moment, and he says he's mad at him for stealing something. Is it the overlay of the sewer? He's like, they want to take something from my work. Uh, please ask next time. I think he's talking about the overlay of the sewer, but the only obvious thing in the scene is the hamster tubes <laughs> that he's using <laughs> to model the sewer. I like the idea that his dad is uh, just doing weird hamster experiments <laughs> in the garage, and that is his office. <laughs> Very COVID of me to think that. Yeah, that's very funny. Um, yeah, the parents are so terrible, and there's just not a one. There's not a good one in the bunch. Um, and they drive by, like when um, Mike is being bullied, they drive by, just drive right by. That's also just racism. And a lot of dead parents, parents fully missing, they were in the book, like Beverly's mom, not in the picture. I mean, which I think is wise. You don't need to get into her dying from cancer for a a two-hour movie to then not have any other part to play in it and like um on oh, the bullies mm. dad who's now a cop in the town of Derry, which is i think a great i that was like one of my i, I think is a good like level up of of that for the for the movie mm-hmm. very bloody birthday 
Ooh, shout out. <laughs> yeah, so there's not a lot of parenting going on, but there's still stuff that we want to talk about. And I think the big thing for me is the the kids in this movie face their fears. This is the whole thing. They stand up to to Pennywise and and every machination of Pennywise. So it's pretty awesome. They stick together and do it. So I started thinking about kids facing their fears, obviously nightmares. I feel like we may have touched on that in the podcast before, but I was thinking about nightmares and also just like fears in general, because right now we are dealing with some fears around swimming. And, and so, okay, so if we're going to, if we're talking about like, you know, concrete fears, not nightmares, um, we, you know, we got to help Wu face his fear of the water and it's a, it's a valid fear, right? Because it's like, you want a healthy fear of, of water. You want to be cautious, but you also, we also desperately need him to learn how to swim because it's scarier not to. So I don't know from what I've read, it's like with any kind of fear or phobia, it's like you, you have to validate it, but very quickly change into some sort of action plan. Is this generally right? I think that's accurate. Yeah. 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 Trying not to give too much fuel to the fear. Try Mm -hmm. and label it, justify it, but then also move fairly quickly into what the, what the plan is. Yes. Right. Did, uh, did Lou or Goo have any fears or, or we can talk about nightmares too, but like, were they super fearful of something that you had to like really get them to face? That is an excellent question. Um, I would say that, uh, Lou has a pretty healthy fear of needles getting shots, but life has a way of (laughs) um, working. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) The universe has its own sense of karmic humor that who am I to question? Um, And uh, I don't know if it was ever said on the podcast before, but Goo has uh, type 1 diabetes. And so we are uh, dealing with needles Day in and day out here. Right, uh, right. So um, that has helped Luke kind of work yeah. work through that. Um, he still doesn't love him, but he took both COVID shots like a champ. That's great. And, you know, just a little bit of a, on the first one, a little bit of a mm. hand squeeze. <laughs> but who loves needles, you know? Right. That's, I think it's, it is understandable to, to be afraid of them. And for that to be a continued fear, but like you said, if like it's something you can uh, you can move past or or give that like the explanation of like yeah this is just a pinch and then you don't have to get one of these maybe hopefully ever again this particular one ever again in your life. And I mean, this is a great. I mean, talking about the vaccine, it's like that's an excellent just natural consequence of like look, if you want to do all these things and not wear a mask then you can just get this small. It will hurt. Like, I, I don't think, 
you know, you always notice when you're getting a shot. I always feel like vaccinations are like so thin compared to the things that we have to deal with as women. Like, I I will never forget when uh, Monica was um, having Lou, birthing Lou. And she said that the most painful part was the the IV in your hand. Yeah. Yes. (sighs) Awful. It still gives me the willies. I try not to think about it, actually. Mm-hmm. I was I was so scared with that because um, with 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 Wu, I, I he came so fast that they didn't even like they had barely had time to like admit me to the hospital. So I was like, oh, I'm I'm out, I'm in the clear. But after he came out, I got the IV in the hand, yeah. and I was like, this is gonna suck. And it was better because the nurse wasn't. As yeah, she was good about it. I think it was also the nurse that you had. I did. I had like a nurse in training, and she messed up and both hands. And oh God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Needles. Yeah, that's. I understand that teaching hospitals are wonderful places for people. Um, everyone needs to practice, but um, I did not appreciate that afterbirth complication of not being able to make a fist oh the things you just don't know are going to happen to you there's like that's what the birth story is just it's a war story it's your own personal battle story and there's always something new um anyway well like to this conversation though it's also not the kind of thing that you would necessarily want to be part of the general I don't know, the general basis for a birth story. If, if say, your doctor was saying, just so you know, you're going to get an IV in the hand. They sometimes mess it, mess it up. Uh, they might have to go into both. Uh, you might not be able to make a fist for a couple of days. Uh, it's going to really weird your partner out while <laughs> sitting, sitting next to you on the bed watching that thing in there. Um, all those bits... Because like that's the part that gets can get you to like an irrational place really quick, right? right? So it, you know, bringing it back to with kids, that's why sometimes maybe too much information right has the opposite effect, and you can actually wind up causing more fear, right? With the more explanation or too much prep, right? Um, so that's very good observation, Josh. Yeah, we think about these things as like you know, sort of like isolated fears and stuff. But from what you were sort of hinting at in your training um, before, like as we were discussing this, so like the idea is maybe not get so wrapped up about these individual things, but like building confidence and resilience, right? So how do we do that? Yes, yes. And that is um, what I really wanted to talk about on the podcast today was – children's temperament Mm. and how understanding your child's temperament can really help you with all of these things, the fears, the nightmares, Um, because children's temperament is basically uh, a a series of traits Mm -hmm. that categorize how your child approaches the world. Mm -hmm. And there are three main temperament categories. Ooh, I love mm-hmm. I love a me too. Put it in a box. Let's yeah. do it. Oh, what's in the box? The first <laughs> the first category um is called the easy child or the flexible child. Mm. And that thankfully is 
about 40% of all children. Hmm. Easy or flexible children are exactly how it sounds. They're the kids who follow a sleep schedule, take naps, generally move through the world without too much. The kids that make other parents want to just scream into a pillow, as we are teaching one of our children to do. That's right. We both watched uh, We both watched Boo scream into a pillow of his own volition. Like you found out when he did that, it made this fun muffled sound. We're like, oh, look at yeah, this. Yeah, this is how you do it. You're getting it. Anyway, that's what those kids make other parents want to do because they're like, what's the problem? What's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's okay. So then the next 15% are the kids, and I, I love these kids. These are the kids called slow to warm. Mm. So our slow to warm children are the kids who I would say that are probably in the olden times uh, were labeled shy. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot of like shame and baggage around shyness and introversion in our culture. But slow to warm temperament children are kids who tend when approaching new things need to hang back and observe for a while. Mm-hmm. So we know this one. Yeah, this sounds like our woo. Yeah. So, but again, you know, slow to warm. So it doesn't mean that they're not going to warm up. It's just that in order to participate, they may need to hang back, observe, don't want to jump right. Whereas an easy child might just like jump right in. Um, this kid needs a little bit of extra preparation. And I love slow to warm temperaments because when their needs are met, you get to see this transition from like, okay, I have enough information. Now I can play the game. Right, right. That makes so much sense. We had a pool day with the family yesterday, which we were all at. This is news for our listeners only, that uh, where Wu was was in the pool all day. And by the end of it, he was finally, of his own volition, doing the stuff from swim class, like doing his wall crawl exercises and walking around the pool a little more comfortably. But every time before that, even though he was in the water from the jump, wasn't comfortable if like I wasn't holding on to a pool noodle where Boo, two years his junior, was swimming himself around the pool with under on a on a pool noodle and it was just like a it it was pretty wild to watch by that like by the after or whatever the evening that it was like oh wow it really took you four hours in the water to go like oh yeah this is what i'm we're supposed to do in here like this is what i and like he was doing what we're supposed to do quote unquote was like everything he knows about swimming you know which is like climbing around on the wall and jumping in and stuff like that so like that was really cool slow to warm yeah. So it sounds, sounds like that's a great example of slow to worm. Then we have another 10%. Now, the previous name for this temperament was difficult. Oh, that's kind. But it's been amended to feisty. Okay. I mean, it's still a little, uh, I don't know. I think feisty is coming around as a, as a compliment, but you, you, you most often hear, hear it as like, a, yeah, difficult. So our feisty 10%, these feisty kids tend to have 
temper tantrums, um, really extreme reactions. Right. Might have more unpredictable sleep and eating schedules. Right. Just really have a hard time with new people, new situations. But the reason why they're they're feisty is because the reactions are very intense. Right. Which leaves the rest of the population, which is just a mishmash kind of unspecified. Right. And probably maybe exhibits things from all three. Correct. So you did say 15% were slow to warm. Yes. Okay. Wow. So that, oh, all right. Wow. Interesting. So that's like a good 35% of people who are just some of of, of each. A re- way to kind of remember these that helps me is to think of the Winnie the Pooh characters. So Pooh is your easy, flexible guy. Your Eeyore is your slow to warm. Sure. And Tigger is our feisty one. Right. So it's obviously it's a rough analogy, but as far as like just thinking about um, temperament types I find it like a little handy thing and I bet the next time you're with a group of kids you will probably you know see the tiggers and the yeah (laughs) and the the eeyores pretty quickly yeah I feel like and then you can just kind of go from there because rabbit I mean hi rabbit rabbit might be a slow to warm I think I think so too yeah but probably like rue and kanga and piglet definitely are in the other 35 percent like pretty just they're they're just hanging around. They're going to show up. They might be more nervous or more apt to jump in than other kids, but there's a lot of worrying happening in, sure. in Winnie the Pooh. Or certainly Christopher Robin is the other 35%. Mm. So, I find temperament to be a great just lens to think about when there's a new situation um how kids may react and what you need to do to prepare. And also, this is very important when I work with teachers, early childhood teachers, to think about temperament, that none of these temperament categories are quote-unquote good or better. It it has nothing to do with like, Mm -hmm. this is a good temperament to have. This is not a good temperament to have because they all have a lot of pros. Um, Your slow to warm kid is your might be your cautious kid. So while your feisty kid is, you know, jumping off the top platform of the slide, you know, you've got your slow to warm kid who's like, "Mm, better not. So and then the feisty kid might like show the slow to warm kid like, Let's just jump right in. It's great, you know, and it's okay. Yeah. Exactly. So I just want to stress that, and that's, again, why I like the Winnie the Pooh characters, because, you know, it's very clear that they all have their own special thing to offer. So temperament is not about being a good baby or a bad baby, but just a helpful way for the adults in their lives to kind of prep themselves and to prep activities. Right. It's another reason why I really encourage repetition because for our slow to warm kids repetition is very very helpful right so the more the you the doing the same activity multiple times you know a lot of times parents will say well we tried this thing and it didn't work so we're not going to do it Mm, again right, right 
so I love this. I love I love a categorization. It reminds me of a couple things from previous episodes. So we got a lot of listener feedback about Wu's reaction to gifts. A lot of people have been saying how that resonated with them. Also part of his slow to warm temperament because he, I think, goes, he just goes somewhere else with, you know, and it's not excitement and it's not like a, ah, like what you you know, probably didn't know you were craving from a kid, you know, where then there's like this codependent thing where you're like, oh, I was relying on your reaction to validate my own purchase of something. Um, so that reminds me of that. And um, I I just love that people found that to be helpful because um, I remind people what that is his response to yeah so he yeah well he when anytime any surprise any gift he usually gets a little angry he gets if if not just totally like m- turned off um he has like an indignant response it's like kind of like a what the heck kind of thing that he is sort of the vibe to opening anything and it yeah it's like or like or like I knew you were going to get me that or like, wait, this isn't what, you know, kind of critical, very critical. Yeah. And it is hard to say, like, is he just trying to figure out, like, how does this fit into my collection? Or like, yes, I was expecting to wake up today and see this new Lego set here because that is what I asked for. <laughs> yeah. So it, it he has, but then he enjoys it, you know, like he, you know, mm-hmm. is happy about it, but it's that slow, slow burn. Right. And even like later he made as of his own volition, say something just to himself of like how awesome something is. And that is so gratifying, but it's really hard. We never send family members like video of him unwrapping a present. Cause we know we've learned now that it, it will probably not be what you want it to be. And it's really hard not to, yeah, like responding kind. Like I, I need to prep myself for those moments of like, yeah, we know this. We at this point kind of know what what that is like. So we just need to back off. Right. Um, and then the other thing that it reminds me of is the thing that we were just talking about in the last episode with the bloody birthday and the astrology thing. And I think that like those like frameworks of like this sign is that way or whatever, whatever. It's just like in my mind that like those boxes are checked Right. You're like, oh, well, Wu was in Aries, and I know these other Aries, and whatever is said about them, even though it's like silliness. But it's all, you know, based on these these real personality things and and temperaments and and traits. Um, so I love that. And I had a question: How much prep for a parent? Like, do you feel like in sort of thinking about when we're talking about fears, or sort of like a too much information? risk but like with any of these personality types like what kind of what kind of prep is a parent doing to to prep for their kids personality type so i i think that is a wonderful question and i will highly recommend regardless of your child's temperament type the use of picture schedules Mm. picture schedules are Go on. Picture schedules can be an amazing tool if you use them. If you decide to make a picture schedule and then never use it, I'm sorry. It's not that. It's not the closet with my vision board. (laughs) Exactly. 
You do have to use it. But the great part about a picture schedule is you can make it as large or as small as you need to. For instance, you could do a picture schedule of what the whole day is going to look like. Mm. Or you could do a picture schedule of just the morning or even down to just a routine. Mm. So for instance, if a bedtime routine is brush teeth, read a book, glass of water, bed, you would find small pictures on a board. You could even do the end of, if, in, and if the board is even too much for you, you could just carry it around on a, like a little binder ring mm-hmm. and have the child look at them and maybe even check them off as they do them. Right. And how old are you starting, and when is it too old? <laughs> well, to, to be honest to with you, I feel like we all use our own methods of picture schedules like I need to have as long as it's in my calendar and my phone I I will be in the right place I'm very dependent on my calendar right which you know in a way is like an adult version of a picture schedule right you're putting in the location which is going to open up your maps app or whatever it's going to tell you what time to leave it's going to tell you might remind you what you're wearing today and you know we use all these things as an as adults but then you know if we don't use them with our kids right then they don't we're not giving them the tools that they need to prepare themselves mentally Mm -hmm. so I love picture schedules I know many people in the pandemic actually used picture schedules just to kind of help um their kids of all ages understand you know when lunch happened when there were zoom meetings right like picture schedules are an intervention that help everyone but there will be some kids probably our slow to warm kids and almost definitely our feisty kids who actually need need them right so i love yeah even on the way over here you're talking to woo about what we're doing Mm -hmm. today because we're but yeah but he was like so are we flying to california today i i had explained to him i was like okay let's go over what we're doing today we're gonna go to Aunt Monica's, we're going to go drive to the mountains, and we're going to stay there tonight. And he was like, yeah. And he was like, so then after that, are we (laughs) flying back to California? And I was like, so a picture schedule would be so helpful for him just to like visualize. So are these like things that people just make and you just do a drawing? Or is it like you can just buy little cards of like snack? Like what is that all about? You can find, um, there are a lot of free uh, for if you just mm-hmm. kind of Google picture schedules a lot, there'll be a lot of free images. Right. But the best picture schedule yes. is if you can capture your child actually doing the routine itself. Oh. So if you can actually get a picture of Woo brushing his teeth. Right. Interesting. Reading a book. Yes. The kids connect. It, the more personal, the better. Right. You'll find a lot of anime, you know, you, some of the routine-based picture schedule pictures, mm-hmm. they're fine. The nice thing is a lot of them are basic, right? Like that that's a good thing. So mm-hmm. um, that keeps it very concrete. But sometimes kids need to even connect seeing themselves doing the action. Right. Yes. So, yeah, that's so cool. Um, and it it's so funny. And I feel like this is like um, – 
you know, I think it's just like part of parenting where you have these like ideas and goals of like, okay, when my kids are older, I just want X, Y, and Z. Well, a big thing to me that I've always thought um, is that I just, I think that the key to life is time management. Mm. The key to life, like if you can just manage your time, obviously it makes you more successful. It makes you more productive, but like it essentially lets you do what you want to do in the time that you have. Yeah. I mean, what you're talking about are executive functioning skills. Right. Executive that, functioning skills. Because mm-hmm. we had we had a family member who struggled with that, I think, as almost like a um, like a learning disability, right? Where it was like, I just don't know what order to do things in. I know what needs to be done. And the time passes and I couldn't organize my... Yes. And, yeah. you know, eventually, I mean... One of the things I love about picture schedules as an intervention, you know, you will find them in, you know, special education. Many children with identified delays need them, but it's actually almost a universal intervention in that any kid, you don't need to have a disability or a right, delay. Right. Any child will benefit. It's just that some kids will need it, mm-hmm. whereas other kids will just go with the flow. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's really, really interesting. And I, I just think in this day and age, everybody, everybody needs this. Everybody needs. I a- do. Absolutely. I've made lists <laughs> oh, on yeah. my phone of stuff I need to do during the day. We're just making picture schedules for Josh after this. Uh, just so you know, it's not for the kids. Um. <laughs> That's all I've been thinking about. Yeah. You have like a Great pic for our kids, but I will there be pictures of me. There's <laughs> a, a picture of yourself at your desk. <laughs> Oh my god, that's well, funny. but you know, it's funny, like I over the pandemic, I've been trying like lots of new recipes and I fa- find myself drawn to the recipes that have like a little picture yeah. of like what is going to happen at each step. That's a picture schedule. I like that too. My favorite, favorite, favorite place to make things is Smitten Kitchen. And she has the pictures up top and the stuff down at the bottom. And so I always have to keep scrolling going back up to see like well what does mm. it look like when i when i'm mixing with that you know like i want to see what it looks like yeah yeah i have, I have a picture uh, schedule me and uncle Dieter, we hate when there's like a story about the ingredient like in i between. know i know jump I mean, to the recipe give me the jump to the recipe link I'm are you sure you don't want to hear time. about like my grandma's heirloom corn peeler oh, i know and not to mention darling husband or whatever those stupid abbreviations are uh you know what there's always some like the yeah like your H. home life is who cares? Nobody cares. It's trash. And it leads to comments that are deeply unhelpful also because it's then just people who think they're going to be friends with like Deb Smitten Kitchen and being like, well, I am. Well, you are. You call her. No, uh, <laughs> you're go- you're, you've tried many times. She doesn't pick up. Um, the, the, the comments will always be like, yum. Can't wait to try this. <laughs> and you're trying to figure out like, well, did you dice them or did you like just chop them roughly? Like you're trying to find some other detail that could be solved <laughs> sometimes with an image, uh, which is then just cluttered with comments of sycophants mm-hmm. trying to be uh, cute, I guess. There should be. St- I'm just ri- I'm just going off the rails yeah. here. But the- I just feel like comment sections on recipes should be divided into like comments <laughs> then like 
adjustments because that's fun when you find the adjustments and then like I just want to touch base with you as my my BFF sometimes Uh though sometimes the adjustments are like well I put raisins in this and you're like go to hell or well you're I know what Monica's gonna say like instead of chicken I used fish yeah and instead of cinnamon I used onion powder it didn't Tastes great, but I'll make it again. <laughs> I doubled the water. Uh, especially the people who try to make every recipe healthy, like they're clearly just trying to, I don't know, start their own food blog without doing the work. We're just like, I subbed out all the sugar for agave. I subbed out the, yeah, I subbed out the chicken for fish. There is no, like, instead of rice, I, of course, used lettuce. And there's, it just becomes this entirely different recipe. And, those people can also go to hell and they sure you can give them their own all they want is their own comment section mm-hmm. that I, is it i so bet that's a them. food bloggers nightmare yeah i know oh god the time that they and take you must see the same users right you right. see the same people coming in okay not to, i not to um backpedal our silver bike too fast here because you know that one probably has the brakes um on the backpedal but uh I just want to go back. So to the temperaments, let's talk about the kids in this movie. So like, <gasps> let's say I'm thinking, you know, uh, Richie's obviously a bit feisty. Oh. And a great example, I think, of a feisty kid because yes. he's always doing those dirty jokes, which are just. <laughs> he's a really intense. He's a really intense, but he comes through in the end because he, yeah, he, he goes he goes for it. Can I just say, I know. The children in this movie. Yeah, they're great. They're amazing. They really are. I really like, um, who is the kid? I like uh, Stanley. Stanley. Yeah. I, I, I really like him and his whole, like, um, you know, going through his, uh, his bar mitzvah and everything. That was a great storyline that I liked way more. But, like, Eddie, he's a yes. slow to warm. Yes, for sure. He's slow to warm, and oh my goodness. Um, and then you got who? Who would be like an easy? They're yeah, easy. Easy kids don't make great characters, so there's that. That's true. There's I that. think. I mean, is Mike not an easy? He she shows right up, and they don't even oh. know him. He's homeschooled, and they, all of a sudden they're best friends, <laughs> and they're hugging, and he goes in to kill a demon. <laughs> pretty easy yeah mike's pretty easy but there's also some like systemic racism in there where he's just like happy to have some friends so Mm -hmm. (laughs) you have to be easy it's like the it's like you don't have the allowance of being a feisty kid correct you would be killed even faster than they try to in this movie that actor's name is chosen jacobs wow what a great name chosen well then, I guess Beverly would be right if you if we wanted to find an example for each one mm. because she's also the only doer who isn't a jerk about it. Where like Bill is, he has his own motivations with Georgie for doing all this stuff, but Beverly is really like down for whatever. She jumps first, literally, mm. right? Like that's kind of that's a yeah, that's true. Yeah, Beverly, classic, easy. Uh, I didn't mean it like that. I don't believe the rumors. Wow. <laughs> um, so fun. Okay, what are we like? Is there any, um, as Jonathan Van Ness says, the the end of the yoga class? Like, should we, t- anything parenting wise that we really want to touch on with it, chapter one? Are we feeling good? I love all that, Monica. This is so exciting. 
Wow, lots of good tips. So really, having kids face their fears is more about understanding their temperaments, giving them the tools to be prepared for anything. Yes. Yeah. It's tough. It is not easy, but it's... And and the nice part about the tools is that we're not actually fighting against temperament. We're we're not trying to right. make the slow to warm kids easy. Right. Yeah. Um, it's working with what you have, and I just think that's a very respectful way to approach kids. Yeah. That I'm yeah. going to give you what you need. I'm not I'm not going to expect an easy kid to be yeah. feisty out of nowhere. Yeah. This is so important. It's so important. You must feel that when you're doing it. I do. Yeah. I do. I love talking about temperament because um, it's very easy to take kids' behaviors very personally. Yes. That this child set out to make my day bad mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're having a hard time at the pool. Right. And it, then there, there comes shame and there comes guilt. Yes. And then it's like, you know, I think about my friends who are – you know, slow to warm or feisty as adults. And it's like they have they they still battle within themselves about it, I feel like, or right. get judged or whatever, you know, instead of just like accepted of like this is who you are and how cool is that? Because you have different different skills. Um Yeah, and like that you need to f- you don't need to fix it as a parent or as a friend of someone who's that way to like make them fit in like I that's what I find is that if I uh if I'm struggling with especially you know like with woo and swimming to stick with that example it, it's like where I'm thinking yeah like well what can I do to just make you get over this rather than just being yes. like no I still have to work within your framework and even the swim coach has offered like Maybe he should come to a longer class, which is hard right. not to read as like you should just pay more money for swim classes. <laughs> but it is like clear. He yeah, like you need the time. You got to settle in. And we know this. We've talked about this podcast countless times. And so like to put it into practice in a real uh, in a real way, you just need to you have to work within their framework every every time. And at least don't be like any of the parents from it. And actively sabotage your children's right. health, safety, and development. You know, if yeah. you're, mm-hmm. if you were a like awful parent, you know, go on. You would just pick up Woo and throw him into the pool and say, yes, "Right, that's exactly. what my dad did to me." Right, that's and, how I learned to swim. And you know, there are those like, and um, I still resent it. You know, yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's the thing when all those things are like, well, my parents hit me and it's like, you, you seem fine. Um, but yeah, the the immersion swim classes like um, our coach, Coach Jay, Swim Day with Jay, um, who is actually like a Philly native. And um, we love that. It was really fun to go into his um, pool for the first day. Does he just put the kids in the water? <laughs> Puts them in the water. Oh, my gosh. Wu has been correcting our family left and right. And like, what is water? It's water. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. Um, luckily everyone laughs. Um, but they have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he 
he's very actively against those like immersion ones mm-hmm. where like, okay, by the end of this week, you're going to throw you in the pool. And it's mm-hmm. like, that might be like a short term thing, but it is not um, a long term, you know, f- swim safety, everything. Um, but yeah, so that is so helpful. Um, and we, we love all this discussion from it. See, that's what you get from it. It is what you get. All right, everyone, it's time for a very special interview with a vampirant. <laughs> this is going to be a little different. This is going to be something that we have gamified as we do in the game room here in Chadsford, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Monica lives right over the line. Sorry if anybody thought we were in Delaware, the first state, tax-free shopping. No, she's right over the line. But here we are, and we're going to gamify interview with a vampirant. So Aunt Monica had this brilliant idea and uh I'm very excited to 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 play it out. Um we uh, Monica and I have irrational fears huh? in in general, but when it comes to parenting, um I think we both have very very special irrational fears. So we're going to face off. Yes. So we are going to pit mm-hmm. Cage match style. We're going to pit our irrational fears head to head, and Josh is going to uh, declare a winner of each round. And I think we have eight altogether. Eight. I can't wait. I'm really so thrilled to do this. When Carol asked me if I could think of any of her irrational parenting fears, I really couldn't because anytime they come up, they feel so deeply out of left field that. <laughs> I am like, and I don't uh, retain them. So how dare you? How, I, d- how dare you? Uh, I'm just hoping it doesn't. Uh, I don't want this is cloud my judgment. I don't think that I'm going to play favorites here. I intend to be v- as neutral as I can. Thank you. And which everyone who says is the crazier shit is the one who will win the point. Well, with any luck, we both will absorb each other's and then we'll have a list of 16 together. So so I have a question. Okay. If you mentioned one that's on my list. Uh-huh. Um, Does it like knock it out? I think it should knock it out. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like like boggle. Yeah. Okay. Because then you will you should still have an even number of rounds. Correct. You can select from your own list what you're going to... These are like... It's like a Pokemon battle. Yes. You can choose your Charizard to go against a Snorlax or whatever. I don't really understand it. But... Um, That's about right. <laughs> and so you, you can pick your weapon. And so that way, if it's, if it's later on your list, it can get kicked off and you it should work out. Sounds great. Okay. And we're going to alternate... Um, and since we are a guest in her home, she can she can go first. Uh, round one, Monica will lead, and I will. Okay. Yeah. Right. Or unless she wants to pick, do you want to go? Would you like to go first? You yes. Want, you I... won the coin toss. Would you like to go first or yes. second? Okay. I'll go first. Are you ready? Here we go. Round one. Number one. Aunt Monica's irrational parenting fear is strangled with a blind cord. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's really funny because I just tied them up at um at at uh, grandmom's house. Look at my blinds. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're pulled no cord- down. No, no cords. cords. Okay. All right, along that line of um of strangled with the blind cord, I'm going to go um 
I'm going to go tripping into a fireplace. <gasps> Is the fireplace lit? <gasps> Obviously, Does it matter? yes. Yes, it's lit. Because <laughs> it also works with tripping into a campfire because we camp. and But the fireplace is my, my East Coast. Uh... But I'm not the judge. <laughs> okay. Um, Aunt Monica is going to win the point there because I find <laughs> Carol's more rational. Tripping into a fireplace, maybe it's growing up with a stone fireplace. I do look at them as as head injuries in the wall, um, especially if it is a real like kind of flagstone, sharp corners everywhere type of of fireplace. Um, so yes, because strangling with a blind cord, I do not understand the mechanics of it, especially with children your age. But I, ah, <laughs> uh, I like I like the push pull up blinds as long as i'm aware that they're that's how it works okay so round two round two all right my my lead um okay just because i'm excited i'm gonna go with josh and i die in the house and the kids starve to death oh like nobody knows okay (laughs) (laughs) okay that feels bigger than my net so i'm going to go to overturned ikea dresser oh okay okay a recall recall has been issued which we just replaced some of our ikea dressers which they will do for free you just bring it back get store credit that's yeah so but we still have one in in the house that is uh flippable so clearly not that afraid (laughs) uh and the the annoying thing about that process they should give you the credit first. You should be able to pick it out, set it up. There should be some kind of uh, honor system because who cares? They're throwing the thing in the trash anyway. So why can't you just go pick it out? You don't have to bring a fully put together dresser to <laughs> Ikea and have your clothes all over the place. <laughs> okay. That one will go to Carol Agreed. because, uh, yeah, you really whipped out the nukes on that round. <laughs> <laughs> But sure, no one comes around. Our kids forget how to open the door. Well, okay, okay. We have taught the kids how to unlock the okay. door. Uh, well, at least Wu can reach the top one. And also, this also used to be a car irrational fear, where we, where um, they, mm. I would die, and they would be left in the car, mm. and they couldn't. But he can unbuckle himself and Boo. So it, it is. But I still worry about about their capability. Of, of getting help. Wow. That was good. Okay, we're one to one. Uh, round three. Fight. Round three. Are you ready? Born ready, honestly. I married into this. <laughs> Playing outside and stepping on a hidden septic tank. <laughs> <laughs> which instantly rots away. And they're, and they drown. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh wow! Because the septic tank is full, and and they drown. It could be a grease. It could also be a grease, an abandoned grease trap. Oh my god! That's like, like an oil tank. That's so yes. good. Uh, Elena and Jim, what they found on their house, they had to get removed. Is a whole big thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they're out. Th- oh, they're out there. Okay. I, I feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go similar here. I'm going to go similar and I'm going to say playing outside random face cutting a la Tina Fey. Oh, oh. my God. 
Okay. I was fully prepared to give this to Monica because I'm like, this isn't Vietnam or something. These are not like undiffused landmines. Can I just say that we have the the way that our house is, we live on the corner, we have a lot of foot traffic and we have these hedges. And whenever I hear the story of when Tina Fey was a, a young child, someone just walked by and cut her face. And she has a scar. And I think about it happening to the kids when the kids when they're outside playing. I mean, I'm always with them, but I just think about how easy it would be. I always picture mm. the story as you know, in my mind, it's the visualization of like her just being in our front yard. Tina Fey. Okay. <laughs> so you just want Tina Fey in the front yard. Uh, as a kid hmm. getting her face cut. Okay. That is the... Oh, no. I don't know. Hold on. I got to think about this. So, Monica, your fear here. Kids walking around the yard just playing outside or in a field, friend's house, More whatever. like a, a field or maybe outside of a restaurant or a campground. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. And, okay, they're just walking around. That's why I don't camp. And that's, Is that really... <laughs> Is that the reason? Yeah, we'll talk about this <laughs> uh, next time. Next time you're a guest, we'll get into this. Um, they're going to fall into a tanker full of either heating oil or gray water. Correct. Shout out it. Okay. Um, and there they shall die. They will drown. No one will know because it'll happen so quickly. Correct. Um, do you know when I was two years old, I fell into a lily pond and <gasps> the only reason anybody my dad just happened to turn around and see it go like blub blub and otherwise i would be dead yeah the lily pads just went whoop um oh my god i kind of had lily ponds to my they're all like a foot and a half deep it was really only that one year that that would have been an issue um uh, okay, so oh god, that one seems so crazy. I'm gonna go for random face cutting wins. Oh my um, god, I really thought you were gonna give it to Monica okay. because I feel like, I, I feel like mine is a very rational fear. But I guess no, that's the point no. with these. You think that they are rational, correct? Right. Correct. Okay. That's okay. Well, and I have a question: Am I judging these based on your children now, or just the overall? Overall, it's okay. Okay, just overall. Because the idea of of Lou or Goo standing like four <laughs> feet outside of the septic tank and you being like, I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> we could get him out is really funny. But I think it's the, which one is the more heinous and terrible to think about. That's what I thought you were judging. Oh, I think Carol cutting. still wins. Yeah, for the sure. Face, yeah. <laughs> the randomness of it and the violence of it. Okay. Okay. Um, so here we go. Um, all right, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a doozy. They're all doozies, but this one is a special sort of something. Okay, so they are, they're you know getting out of the car or whatever. In uh, we we you know all the cars are parked on both sides of the street um, at our house, so they're walking in between the cars. Car one of the cars doesn't have the brake on, and they get crushed between two parked cars. <laughs> yeah, it's not funny, but this happened to someone, not a kid. But it happened to somebody like at a gas station. And I think that's why I always think of it. Thinking of Anton. Oh, oh Anton Yeklin. But I, that too, that is also tragic. But no, some a coworker um, was gassing up a truck and forgot to put the brake fully on and, and got crushed. That happened to Uncle Webb, my dad's uncle. He was at a truck stop in the a truck. Uh, he got, I believe it was, he got squeezed between 
two trucks and his leg popped off. He's a one. Okay, well. Died a one-legged pilot. That's another story. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay, so I'm. Go- I think I'm going to use this one. I'm going to use alligator attacks. <laughs> Boy, Monica, alligator attacks. That story of that family in Disney World who went on vacation. Yeah. And their two-year-old was. They left Disney World to go on vacation, or they were in vacation. I'm sorry. On Disney they World? were they were vacationing in Disney World. They were playing on a beach, and the alligator just got them and. I like the idea that I would like go on vacation and like come back one family member less due to an alligator is something that has stuck with me to be quite honest with you. That is brutal. That is really brutal. And it's probably it happened, you know, so statistically few times that it's just truly, truly irrational. It's pretty irrational. But it is possible. And I think that's all with all these things. It is irrational, but but possible. So you got to go to Disneyland. <laughs> you know? Fewer. Fewer alligators. Fewer alligators. More sharks. <laughs> Switch it up, you know? <laughs> go ahead. Round five? Oh, you, round five is Monica. Oh, you won. You got, you got, oh, you I won did? that point. Oh, Absolutely. Oh, without okay. question. Okay. <laughs> All right. Round five, Monica, you lead. I am leading with a personal, irrational fear yes. that is looms large on my life right now. It is TikTok challenges. <gasps> oh, TikTok challenges. TikTok ta- challenges entitled set yourself on fire oh my god tiktok challenges that's like stick garlic up your nose right tiktok challenges say like should i drink this Mm. i have already had many hard conversations with the boys about asking them to think would my mother want me to do this before doing any TikTok challenge. Right. I mean, I feel like the first one that gave me the willies uh, long before TikTok was the cinnamon challenge. Yes. Yeah. I mean, unless you're allergic to cinnamon, you're not going to die. It's yes. just going to be. No, that no. terrible. No, there were terrible, terrible things that happened to those people. All right. I guess I won't do it. But. <laughs> Cancel our plans for the day. Like, can you, can you imagine, like, what's, like, and I know everyone's like jokes about the Tide Pod, but like that's that's how this all yeah started. Tide Pods. That's right. They are still behind glass with the Infamil and Sudafed <laughs> at the Vons, <laughs> at least in in Delaware um, that I saw. Oh, um, this is in California. Oh, in California too. Okay, so to counter that, I'm going to go with. All right, I'm going to go with bunk bed collapse. Bunk beds collapse, which is sort of like an Ikea dresser thing, but it's a specific crushing, completely impossible thing that like, actually, if the bunk beds collapse, they'd probably be fine. But in my mind, it's like a a smushing, crushing. I mean, you don't have like handmade bunk beds a la no. Step Brothers. But they are from Ikea, famous for, <laughs> you're afraid of suffocation. No breathing. <laughs> yeah, I I do have along with that, which I didn't put on my list, but along with that is um 
like just large objects falling on mm. them. So I I made the bunk bed collapse one. So go ahead, Josh. My guess is that a modern bunk bed is designed to leave a pocket of space between bottom and top bunk. If they were to collapse and fall one on top of the other, even if it was to be a perfect, uh, you know, <laughs> drop, that there would be some cushion of space there where a child could turn their head and breathe. But maybe not. Okay. Uh, so wait, we've got bunk bed collapse versus TikTok challenges. I mean, gosh. These are both very realistic. I would say this is maybe the most sober-minded head-to-head we've had so far. Uh, I'm going to give Point Monica for TikTok challenges because I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. That's really good. Okay, so now round six. Fight. I'm up. Okay. This one stems from a situation that we've narrowly avoided in Alaska when we were traveling with Wu as a baby, which is falling out of windows with no screens. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's a thing. And 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 like it 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 won't probably mm. happen. But I think about it all the time. I think about that situation, and I've got ice water in the veins when mm. I think about it. We've never talked about this with anyone. I've never talked about it with anyone else. We've certainly never talked about it on the podcast. Mm. We are in on the second, maybe I think second, maybe third story of like a, you know, a hotel in Anchorage and it was summertime. We had the window open and the, and we had the bed against one wall to avoid Mm -hmm. him falling off either side of the bed because they didn't have a a pack and play or crib for him to use. And yeah, the, the window was open by the bed and he started like, he was crawling over by it and I just happened to notice that there was no screen but he was near the window and it was really one of those oh. things like a few minutes of less yeah, uh, yeah. we have to stop talking about this yeah no I mean it's dark I've never talked about it yeah, just like Ella okay I didn't know everybody got it so everyone gets it um I no that's scary my hands are like numb right now it's like that yeah so it's an irrational fear based in memory yeah okay so i am going to counter with dry drowning <gasps> you knocked out one of my- <gasps> oh, oh no! wow wow dry drowning is out off the board <laughs> okay. Someone needs to define dry drowning um, for the judge. Just talk about dry drowning cuz i know it's not real but i think about oh, it it's all real. the time <laughs> To explain what Josh legitimately has no idea what we're talking about, <laughs> dry drowning could ha- could be happening right now. <laughs> we wouldn't know it. Go on. So let's say you're in the pool, wet drowning, and you, <laughs> but you get you, out, <laughs> and you like swallow water wrong. Okay, and you wind up at later an unspecified amount of time when you're no longer wet you're Six now weeks dry later, yeah no like later that day you wind up somehow <laughs> not being able to breathe and you drown that is not real it is real no. it is real and you can do it so you have to make sure that your <laughs> children <laughs> no if they start <laughs> coughing 
that's that's exactly it. You, they have to if you if you're out of the pool like an hour later and they're still coughing, there's a chance that they're dry drowning. Well, if they're coughing, their airway's not clogged yet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't jostle that water, kid. We're gonna do some research into dry drowning because I thought that I that it had been debunked. <laughs> but either way, that means you have to pick a new one, and we're down to seven. Okay, to seven. okay. So my other. My other one I'm going to go with is, this is my next to last, My is internal decapitation. What are you talking about? Decapitation is a very, 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 I, right, like very so. big, 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 big fear of mine. Internal decapitation. <laughs> this is very similar to trying to run. <laughs> No, you're like in a car accident or have some sort of like. Oh, that. I thought you meant just like inside the neck. Well, it is is inside. So like you're decapitated, but no one knows because it's internal and it is a thing. I mean, you were probably already in a car accident of some sort. So goth. Your your head caves into your neck cavity because there's nothing left to support it. Like a sinkhole is opened up in your chest. Head drops in. Is that it? It's. I mean, for in order for internal decapitation <laughs> to happen, like something, something tragic has probably also o- occurred with yeah. it. It's not a spontaneous condition. Okay. Okay. But and you're so sad that it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fear because I feel like. It's just horrifying. It's horrifying. <laughs> and there's like nothing. So it's like on the outside, your kid like looks, you've been in the car and you look fine. And they're like, they probably don't but look too fine. I- <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the same sounds as dry drowning. <laughs> but- okay, Josh, will you have to choose now? Okay. Uh, I blacked out. What am I choosing between <laughs> internal decapitation? Yes. And no screen. Oh, and no screen. God. Well, rational, internal decapitation, <laughs> irrational. Monica. Monic- okay. Point Monica. Was that the last round then? Because no, we knocked we have, out we two dry drowning. one more. Oh, wow. And I think you go first. Wait, do you, what? Do you want to talk about your decapitation fear while we're on the subject? About uh, your Cormac McCarthy-based decapitation fear. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's that movie. Um, it, it wasn't a good movie, and I can't remember the name of it. He wrote the screenplay, and I actually, a friend of mine sent me the screenplay, and so I read it first. Oh. And so I feel like it, the reading of it and my own memory of it is that it's so much better. Mm. And so like the movie is just terrible. What's it called? The Counselor. The Counselor. Wow, 2013. That was so long ago. Okay. Um, But they basically, this guy is an assassin and he knows that this courier is, you know, doing his his route every time at whatever. And so on a motorcycle, so he like strings up a cord across the road and just zips his head right off, clean off. Um, And I know from... Uh, shout out Noble Blood, uh, the podcast that I love, that um, your head can actually go on go on living for a few minutes after decapitation. So 
Um, and, 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 and in some ways that, that assassin did that guy a favor because he did it so cleanly. Whereas, mm. um, some people, yeah, it wasn't, it was not a clean break. Anyway, I think my, it started with Game of Thrones because that was just so, so traumatizing. Anyway. Okay. So that is my decap- decapitation fear. Um, and what, let's see round seven fight lucky number seven. This is it. Okay, Monica. This is my ace in the hole. Oh, no. She's going to win. She's going to win. I don't know. Two words. Button batteries. What is up with button batteries? Like that are in all of our toys and Christmas ornaments, for instance. They're everywhere waiting. To be eaten? To be accidentally ingested by children of all ages. Okay. Once they're in your esophagus or your intestine or your stomach, they burn (gasps) through your organs until your entire digestive system necrotizes. (gasps) And they often can't get it out even with surgery wow Mm. wow 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 now i'm afraid don't let your babies specifically play with your car key fobs Mm. get them the pretend toys right right because often what happens the symptoms of a button battery swallow is just general discomfort and just like throwing up and by the time people realize that a button battery is missing ew it is too late i wonder how many cases there are you would think there'd be way more enough that it gets covered in our health and safety videos in our state mandated trainings that's horrific horrific it's it's a good time to remind everybody or encourage everyone don't take the easy route and throw out those safety screws in toys right because almost all those have a a panel that you have to screw on but you're right the key fobs usually don't usually i mean a lot of them you have to take entirely apart but some of them you just slide right off correct um yeah but all they have that little safety screw on the battery packs and so that's why kids eating batteries holy cow so, and also don't mix them with the Christmas M&Ms just to get a third color in there. That's a terrible idea. I will tell you my personal button battery story. Okay. Someone had given one of our kids those like, they're from like the, I don't want to say like Oriental Trading or like the dollar store or something, but they're like a little mini like light up finger flashlight or light up, like you put your finger in it and you like right, right. kind of press it. That Wu has gotten from the dentist three times. Oh, oh we know them. Well, one day I woke up from, I got goo or loo up from nap. I can't remember which one. Mm-hmm. And like the thing was destroyed. Like they had obviously been either chewing on it or just took oh. it apart. And I freaked out. I found the but- button oh, batteries good. immediately. Oh, like I, but I was like, re- I was ready to like call 911 if I couldn't locate, like thankfully, Thankfully, whoever gave it to us had given us two. Right. So I was able to get the second. I got. I found the second one. Right. So I could match the pieces up to make sure right. that it wasn't. Um, 
Ooh. that I had gotten. That exactly, That's exactly. A doozy. And then I promptly threw both of them away. Yes. <laughs> Oh my God, well, I didn't know that. That's going to haunt me. That's another addition to my list. See, this was the goal. Now I have You're more welcome. rational fears. Um, and, and Woo and Boo are just young enough. That's still a fear. Um, okay, so yeah, I, I don't have a zinger for the end, but it is something that I think is very common in our house that we, because of my specific specific trauma with it that were that is become an irrational fear and now the kids are like it's basically become like their spill phobia i think where like i and that's all right that's already in play because i i i always guard against their things being spilled so they probably are (laughs) too much about it but this is fingers being pinched in door jams and that happened to us when we were in new york um and it was a complete accident. Woo just shut Boo's fingers in there. All the time. Um, and like the nail turned purple and <sighs> fell off. But like he could have lost a finger because he was yes. only he was only like a year old. And those little little mm-hmm. tiny fingers. So um that is still a thing where like when doors are slammed, when doors are flung open, like that is something that haunts me and gives mm-hmm. me the willies. So I I mean I think I think there's a clear winner here. <laughs> uh, it, it, the winner is Aunt Monica, though that last round was very rational for both of you. You both mm, picked, I feel true. like maybe I'm more rational than I'm giving myself credit for, but uh, <laughs> those are those both are far more realistic than the falling through uh, the, <laughs> the oil tanker <laughs> buried under the ground. Yes, but... It's still unlikely that this will happen. And there's no reason where, why Aunt Monica shouldn't go camping because of this fear. And that's the thing, right? Where it's like, it prevents you from doing things. Mm-hmm. And like, I hear a door slam and I just come over to Woo and say, mm. if you don't stop slamming the door, I'm going to take it off its hinges. And I will, do, I am like almost excited to do it because it's just <laughs> like, that will be one less worry for me. That is such like a full on like angry grandpa move to do that, to take a door off its hinges <laughs> in response to something. It is so counter to your personality. It almost deserves a bonus point. It's threatening, which I usually don't do. I mean, it is a kind of a natural consequence because it's still related to the door. It's not like if you do this again, I'm going to take away something of yours that you love. But it is also not just taking away a door. It's taking away your privacy right. and it's messed up. And I wouldn't probably ever do it, but they are. I, I have succeeded in making my kids as scared as I am about this. No, you know? one of our one of our home rules is we don't slam doors in this house. Exactly, same. Once Uncle Dieter and I were in our bedroom, and Goo ran in, mm. and. We watched this happen. We weren't on our tablets. We weren't watching TV. Not like, doing it. We were staring at him as this happened. And I knew it was going to happen before it did. He, the way our bedroom doors, like, there's like a stop. So if you slam it, <gasps> oh, it bounces back. No. Which is what he did. And he was the exact height of the doorknob. <laughs> That's kind of we watched it. It was like a it was like a three stooges. Right. Like we 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 were, oh. and we were both like, 
doom. <laughs> and like we watched it happen. He got clocked, immediate giant bruise, goose yeah. egg. Yeah. He's hysterical. I'm yes. using it as a arrested development <laughs> moment. That's why we don't yell. Right. Um, which is not actually very helpful. Yeah. In also this situation. Reminds me of the opening of, of it where Georgie hits his head on the <gasps> oh, roadblock. Why which was, is that such an effective It's great because it's you're already so tense and you know <gasps> if you know anything about the movie, you know exactly what's about to happen. So it just gives you that extra like, yeah, well maybe that was it. Maybe he'll just float down the river or the, the sewer. So that was great. Um well Monica this was excellent, excellent uh, interview with the vampire. I have a follow-up question. This was so much more fun, by the way, than my interview with the vampire <laughs> question, which was about uh, how long would you keep an in-memoriam bedroom set up in your house, <laughs> uh, fully decorated, a la Georgie's. But um, if which of these would be, which of your irrational fears would be your your it fear? Which which of these would Pennywise appear oh. in? And side question while you're thinking about it, or I guess comment, something I didn't realize, I didn't never thought about until watching the movie for the second time was Georgie in his panic about losing the boat. Like that's his fear. That's his greatest fear is losing the boat uh-huh. and Bill being mad, right? Like that's uh-huh. his Pennywise moment. It's not like, and mm-hmm. it's not that he's afraid of clowns. He's talking to the clown. He's totally comfortable with that. It's a, that's so His sad. best friend Bill is gonna be so upset if he loses uh, the boat, which is also not true. Oh Irrational fears. So, which of yours is Pennywise showing up in? Mine is a hundred percent the falling out of the window or the starving, like we die and they, I mean, are just so sad and traumatized by that and also starve to death something like that those are the two that are like things that i really shudder i deeply shudder i think i have to go with stupid tiktok challenges (laughs) yeah um is still because i think actually a lot of my rational fears that i mentioned i actually do understand that lou and goo are actually probably at this point Mm -hmm. old enough right to the I don't want it to happen to anyone or any child, but right. like it's my own personal parenting fear. But the TikTok challenge is yeah. actually terrifying. Like I told Uncle Dieter that I would rather have the kids watch like The Terminator or like the scariest movie, bloodiest movies. I do not want them watching the Jackass movies. No. I'm terrified right of the for having boys yeah i think the jackass movies they would love them so much well we have we have watched a lot of outtakes of bad grandpa Uh mm -hmm, which will honestly make goo like pee his pants with laughter (laughs) he loves them so much but i'm so scared of them Mm -hmm. because all it takes is a bunch of idiot boys Mm -hmm. And we're playing the set yourself on fire game. Right, right. I will say that like Josh thoroughly, thoroughly loves those things. I, <laughs> I do not. I don't. I don't like watching people get hurt. Um, but I can say that Josh has never tried any of them, even in his youth. I don't think. No, I'm too scared. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone <laughs> in that house. Yeah. Oh no. Um. Okay. So I think. All right. Well, the. The winner is Monica. Seven <laughs> uh, out of seven, she got she won five irrational fears. So, 
kudos to you. Thank you. Um, We're in your game room. It's only fitting. Um, I think before we move on to our our last segment here, um, scary good stuff. I think I think I can spy that uh, Josh wants to say something about dry drowning. According to the Cleveland Clinic, dry drowning or secondary drowning, as it's known medically, is not really a thing. However, uh, here's what they said. So, Doctor Grover, who's interviewed in this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, it says, so in some cases, a child inhales water before the airway clamps shut. Uh, very lovable. Doctor Grover explains. Too much water can cause lung damage and breathing problems that become serious six to 12 hours later. So how can you tell if they're at risk of this? If your kiddo has, in, that's what they say. If your kiddo inhaled some water while playing in the bath or got dunked in the pool during water tag, there's no need to worry. Dr. Grover says, super Grover. But if your child was struggling underwater and unable to breathe, they should be assessed by a medical expert. They should get checked out to make sure their lungs are clear and undamaged. And so the things you should watch out for are still drowning symptoms um so if you see any of these signs after a water incident or you sense that something isn't right you should see a doctor so change Mm. of skin color heavy coughing high fever loss of consciousness shortness of breath or trouble breathing vomiting or foaming at the mouth these are my favorite kind of (laughs) medical things online where i'm like who isn't going to the hospital at loss of consciousness (laughs) Well, unfortunately, it's the same symptoms if you've swallowed a, a button uh, battery. So, you know, if you're not going to the hospital, you're you're, you're not in good shape anyway. Um, okay, so real quick, just want to talk about some scary good stuff. I don't think Aunt Monica knows of this, but we have been really enjoying it on our travels. We have a lot of time in the car. We're probably going to listen to it a lot today on our way to the Poconos. Um, and that is... Um, an artist that uh, Uncle Matt um, turned us on to called Uncle Apple. The artist is Uncle Apple, sent to us from Uncle Matt. Um, and you want to tell him the story? I do. Uh, he heard it on the island of Oahu coming out of of, a, of an adult man's like speaker strapped to his bicycle. And so they, I actually don't know if they asked or shazammed it and found out what the song was. But the song is Lizard's by uncle apple and we'll play a little bit for you the listener um we don't know anything else about uncle apple this is the tricky part just stick Mm -hmm. to the spotify stuff who knows i always find it strange i I think a lot of people start making kids music for other people's kids Mm. which is a little bit weird as a parent but um these songs are really cute and funny and it's all hip-hop they cover all your kind of basic kids music topics, eating food and brushing your teeth. And there's a Halloween one. And of course, lizards. Where are you, little lizard? Where are you, little lizard? Where are you, little lizard? Let's go down by the river. Cause I bet you that's where we gonna find some lizards. Unless it's cold or snowy cause it's winter I know that lizards know they don't like blizzards One time I saw some lizards in a tree Then they turned the same color as the leaves It happened to be autumn so the colors they were awesome One was red, one was yellow, one was peach I heard a lizard say Wow Oh yeah, there's a fun little part coming up after that It's really hard not to listen to the whole thing Go ahead That was amazing Yeah 
And they're just cute. Yeah, cute kid songs. It's all hip hop. It's great. One of my favorite kinds of kids music, and I put the Jake and the Neverland Pirate Band songs on here that we've talked about before in this category, is they sound like music your parents would be listening to is the hope, right? Like that you can mix it in with pop music. Yes. Um, and I think it's really important. And I think it's really hard to find music in like the hip hop space that is actually doing that in a way that's like mirroring some modern production elements and stuff like that that actually would sound like get you hyped on it if you're a kid and your parents listen to a lot of hip-hop great so you can share that at your next conference monica i love Um, it (laughs) and we have come to the point in time where we must rate this movie all right are we feeling ready okay shall i start or Monica, do you have a thing that you would like to say? Okay. Um, all right. Let's start by reading the movie It, Chapter 1, 2017. Um, only other movie that this director made was Mama, which we did not like, but we will probably watch for the, <laughs> for the pod at some point. Um, okay. Out of how many rows of teeth? Oh. Rows of teeth out of uh, 25 rows of teeth how many rows of teeth do you give this movie josh out of 25 rows of teeth i do the math and do this on like a scale of five uh i'm gonna give it 15 out of 25 rows of teeth because i'll tell you what i want to see i want to see a cut of this movie without pennywise the clown and i think then Mm -hmm. i would give it 25 out of 25 rows of teeth i want to see it with just the other things that he turns into and maybe little flashes of Pennywise, oh. like maybe the creepiest ones that come to mind when he shows up at Beverly's bathroom door, when he peeks over this just, and just this frame peeking over the staircase, all soaking wet in the flooded basement at Bill's house and coming out of the, um, uh, the, what do you call it? The, what are those things? Slides, the slideshow. Oh, yeah. I think that is actually, even though it's like really intense and, but that is it. I, I, otherwise I like the Amblin entertainment, nostalgic vibes of the, of the movie. I think that captures the book really well mm. and the kids are really good in it. And it does a, yeah, it does a good job of picking up on some of those like visual things from the book that are, that stuck with me. Um, but yeah, that's that's I'm give it 15 out of 25. Okay, cool. I'm going to I'm going to piggyback off that. I think the last viewing, I think I would have agreed, but this time I'm going to go with I'm going to go with a 19 out of 25. I liked it so much more on this viewing cuz I think I was like I knew the things that I didn't like about it and I was looking for the things that I did like. And I do, I love the kids. I love the practical stuff. Like I love at the haunted house. I love like that yes. junkie or whatever it is, like whatever mm-hmm. the leper. Oh, um, that's great. I love the practical stuff. And I kind of broke it down into like things that I liked that I thought were scary and things that I didn't like, don't think are scary. And so like, I really like, I like the practical effects. I love the the scary parents and the bullies and the racism and Henry Bowers. I mm. love that stuff. That stuff is very scary. Yes. That part, those are, I mean, and it's just like, you know, thriller stuff. It's not necessarily, well, I mean, parents being that checked out is, uh, is horror. Um, and the things that I don't like are the jerky movements and I don't like the contortion mm. 
stuff. Um, and I don't find the town history stuff scary when they like put Pennywise like in a photo. I'm just like a like I I like the history part of it. I just don't like the way that they did mm-hmm. it. But I will say, as far as like the contortion stuff and rows of teeth, when he does that at the end to Beverly, that is cool. Really cool. When he like opens up and then you see all the rows of teeth, which is why I picked it. And then some of Pennywise I bristle at, like the dancing. But some of it is legitimately scary. I just wish they had I I, I read an interview with uh Bill Skarsgard. A friggin' Skarsgard inside that Pennywise costume. Holy shit. Okay. The the most beautiful men. <laughs> um but he he said he wanted to do something different with it. And I totally get that. I just wish they had like, I, you know, I, I like it more subtle, but I think maybe for, for who this movie is for, which is, I think teenagers, I mm, guess. Yeah. And because it's like, you want to watch it and it is like, um, it's like a scary movie that you would want to watch as a teen, but you're also like, it's also like swear words and dirty jokes and stuff right. like that. And also people like us who like the book you know, so there's going to be stuff that we they were that we're mad about, but that they're also playing into our like what we want from it. So for that, I'm like, maybe Pennywise does it for them, you know. Um, so Pennywise, I feel like I I sort of got it a little bit more like what they were trying to do and the things that I like about it, whatever. So 1925. All right, Monica, what's your rating? I think I'm going to give it a. 20 rows of teeth out of 25 rows of teeth. Oh, I thought it would be higher. Um, Okay. I think it might have been higher if it chapter two had been a little bit better, which I know even saying that out loud is a little unfair. Um, But I feel like. But by the end of this, you could assume that there weren't going to be kid parts in the or they weren't going to do the thing yeah, that the book and does I of alternating fe- the narrative. And I feel like that in and of itself is makes it a little bit of a of a letdown. Um also, and this is a, a piece that I don't I, the people who survive this movie, with the exception of Georgie, like a lot of people live. Right? Yeah. And I'm not saying that that uh, I don't know. I think that the the beauty of combining the two stories and combining the storylines going back and forth mm-hmm. is the stakes seem higher because you you are seeing people die. Um, right. You already know how much these people have sacrificed and lost yes. over years pretty yes. early in the story or, or like at least the tension around. Yeah. That. I just feel like breaking up the stories the way they did we lost a lot of tension in both both stories, and right, that right. makes me a little sad. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I heard something once that the tryout for the kids' parts was like they were trying to be as discerning as possible, and that basically I think we're going to see each and every one of these child actors as like, they're going to be our next generation. I think they're all great. And like, let's face it, there was um, there. I think that it's based on all of your prior podcasts. You know, it can be very hard for a kid to look scared. Yeah. And these kids um, really 
pull off looking genuinely scared Mm -hmm. for an extended, like the entire third act, they're just in terror. And that is, I don't think that that's a small feat. I think they're exceptional and I love the all of them <laughs> very right. much. Well, let's so. read the kids. Let's read the kids. Josh, do you have a category for us? Oh, well, not really. Let's see. How I would say, uh, yeah, okay. How many T-top transams do you give the kids in this movie out of five T-top transams? Oh, I got to go five out of five. All right, I don't all right. think I don't think there's a stinker in the bunch. Same five five out of five. They're so great, and especially the person you might not think about. Well, two people you might not think about when you're thinking about the the full you know the the group of of losers club kids. But Georgie is awesome, amazing. Georgie's amazing, and he has to do a lot of really scary stuff as he come when he comes back as a ghost. Yes, that I'm I was really amazed at because he's little. He is little. And so that was cool. And I also think that the that Henry Bowers is so good. <gasps> He's so good. So that was great. I love him as the bully. And that so, but then the main kids are just excellent. So yeah, five out of five. Um T Top Transams. Josh is always coming up with the the cars. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. They're all awesome. There's like, yeah, there, there's nobody to to hate on in this whatsoever like they all they all do a good job they and they serve everyone serves their own different purpose and i think um yeah the like the bullies are so well cast it's a great call just like i mean they really do seem like classic towny bullies you know none of them are jocks they're all weird like wiry hicks and like that's um the yeah it's like (laughs) really great um yeah, I think there's there's so much to there's a there's a lot to love. I wish it was like a little bit just less of like a mm. Warner Brothers feature. You know, that's mm. the part of, of like the movie that kills me is like that, like the digital red balloon that has to be the same red every time because they've like branded that color red. Like if it had just been a red balloon, like right. I think a practical effect there would have even just like made it a little bit more real and a little more intense and like the little yeah like the focus on like we need to sell the clown the clown is what sells the clown is what sells more of the clown was like a tough a tough bag when everything else was more scary like everyone in the movie except the one kid where like there was only one kid in the movie specifically afraid of clowns as like making that the change from the book too right because that's not that's not a thing um that that was also like a a strange specific when it's like we're gonna have to kill this clown he's always gonna be a clown so um anyway but yeah the kids were excellent i'm excited to see them and more stuff Mm. what a fun one so so much fun monica thank you for being on our podcast again it's amazing oh we can't wait to do it again and uh until then everybody i guess all we want to say is don't be a creep get in touch you can email us at mummyxdaddy at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdaddy. Instagram, mummyxdaddypod. Just visit us on the internet for show notes and more, mummyxdaddy.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And hey, tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is a poem on a postcard. Bye. Bye.
No, no, no. Far from it. You said the word again. I was looking for it. Uh, here, here in this forest. No, it is far from this house. Oh, stop saying the word. The word. Oh, stop it. You said it again. That's it. Wait, I said it. I said it. Oh, I said it again. And there again. That's three it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thanks.